Welcome back to Champions of the West. It turns out Coach John Sanderson, Michigan Strength and Conditioning Coach's favorite podcast. Uh, we have a, absolutely a ton to get to. Uh, we're going to recap Chicago. We're going to go through all of the teams that we think are going to make the Sweet 16. Um, we hit the best of times. It was the worst of times. And, uh, and Nikki, you got a new Twitter follow uh, between the time we left Chicago and the time Tuesday night? Yeah, he must have. He must have seen me flexing in the first few rows. Must have at uh, at center court there with you boys. I think. Um, I think yeah. six months under Camp Sanderson with you, and uh, I don't. I'd, I'd be worried for the women in New York. In they the wouldn't league, have to no, keep their hands off you. I'd be in the league. I don't know, man. It's kind of tough to be a five eleven undersized three. That's a bit of a tough <laughs> role. This is true. Blue. Hey, shout out Zach Novak. Shout out exactly. Everyone can do it. And Sean, how are you? How are you coping without us in Chicago, my man? I miss you, boys. I miss you, boys. I think we have a little bit more pressure now that we were actually face to face, you know, building up that synergy. I think uh, we got to really rip this pod and make up for our uh, our poor Michigan boys who have dealt me the worst loss since the 2016 Michigan versus Ohio State football game. Yeah. Um, I think that this was this was crushing in a way that uh, I forgot about. Mm. So let's get into it. Um, <laughs> The three of us, as as we mentioned earlier on the pod, were in Chicago for the weekend. It was an absolute ripper of a weekend, um, and that didn't include what happened on the basketball courts Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, we'll, you know what, text us offline if you want to hear about the rest of the weekend. We'll, we'll focus on just the games. I started getting the shakes today at work because I oh, hadn't no. had bourbon in my system. Oh no! For twenty four oh, hours, oh, no, eh, twelve hours. This is—I didn't know this was two minutes and was going to turn into an Alcoholics Anonymous podcast. <laughs> I didn't. That's a good. That took a wicked turn, Sean. Um. Anyway, <laughs> don't tell me it's not the same for you, Sean. You kept me up. I'm fine now, man. I'm fine. Monday was brutal, though. Like Monday at like one p.m. It's like, oh my gosh, this is like the second wave. When seven people tell you you look like shit in a nine-person office, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Well, well, on Friday and Saturday, Michigan didn't look like shit. Uh, they got Iowa and Minnesota, two teams that I think we'll get to, but I don't think stand any chance at winning a first-round game. Um, and then that arch nemesis came back, and it was – I said to somebody, could have just recorded the first game and uh, played it. Game two and game three, and you would have had the exact same movie three times in a row. Um, you know, Michigan, uh, they just couldn't close the deal. It's uh, it's kind of frustrating at this point that uh, they become so close uh, against Michigan State. Um, pretty much dominated, I'd say, the first 35 minutes. And then that Isaiah Livers three. Um, as I'm sure everybody also knows who's a frequent listener, this is the uh, Isaiah Livers fan club, and uh, he earned his stripes on Saturday and Sunday. But uh, we thought that Isaiah Livers 3 was going to close the door, and uh, it didn't. So, Sean, since you're still fresh in your PTSD, uh, I guess give us a recap of, of the weekend. Of, well, should of we Sunday. all say our quote first of while we're on Livers on the you. count of three? Oh, yeah. One, right. two, three. Livers. Livers. Liver La Vida Loca. Yeah, so if you're in... Shirts coming. Shirts are definitely coming. They'll probably be sponsored by the Black Tux. Um, <laughs> so, Sean, give me give me a recap of the weekend. We're, we're off to a flying start for our NCAA tournament preview, but go ahead. So, weekend was great. I mean, we started off uh, with a evening game against a uh, reeling Iowa, as they, as they typically do. We kind of blew the brakes off of them and it really wasn't much of a game from from the very get-go we looked like we were in complete control and um you know like the michigan team when we don't have to play michigan state and cassius winston the 19 year old going on 57 year old yeah or even older um almost looks like benjamin button kind of like i don't know he's a he has a weird look to him i think that's what i finally decided he is uncle drew he's unathletic and can't really shoot and he just continues to fuck us up every game so yeah yeah i know i don't get it He's so good. Um, and then and then we took it to a uh, Richard Patino led uh, squad who upset Purdue. I don't know. Um, so I think yeah, go ahead. I think Purdue is broken if that Minnesota team beat them. But yeah, go ahead. I agree. I think that both that Purdue team is broken. Carson Edwards has got to be like the most toxic player in the locker room. He's like a 
worst version of Russell Westbrook, where he's just like tries to take over all the time. I like that. I, I like that. And um, again, easy ma- easy game, right? I mean, were we down at any point to either team? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, both both games I mean, felt but, pretty comfortable. I mean, uh, no, I, I don't. I don't have it in front of me, but both games felt pretty comfortable all the way through. Yeah, our chances of winning were probably eighty five percent plus from from the you know the first basket, yeah. and then um, and then it it kind of the wheels fell off, right? And it didn't. The wheels didn't fall off until about seven minutes left to go against Michigan State. I mean, we were up by thirteen. At some, at, you know, early on in the second half, we're up by 10 with what the under 12 timeout Michigan state did not lead until 40 seconds left in the second half. And, um, you know, I think that we give, we're an, you're an Isaiah livers fan club, but I think the second, the second guy that we, um, kind of laud the most is John Beeline. And I got to tell you, I think that this was, this was one of his worst performances where, it was like a slow motion explosion. I mean, how many how many step back threes did we have? How many possessions did we have where we didn't make more than two passes? Yeah. I mean, it, it just looked like we were so stagnant, and and it wasn't. And it, it, it was is on him. I think at the end of the day, it's on him. He's got to be able to create. He's got to be able to create offense for our team. The other guy, and Nick, we'll kick it over to you too. That I think is to blame has got to be Luke Yaklich. Um Michigan State has one standstill knockdown open shooter and time and time and time again, I think he had 10 open threes, but Matt McQuaid got pretty much any shot he wanted. Um, I thought Luke Yaklich's defensive adjustments for figuring out what to do with McQuaid took way, way too long. Part of that is him. Part of that was a horrific defensive performance from Jordan Poole and Iggy, I think also, um, I don't know who, who are you going to point the fingers to and, and overall thoughts on the weekend and, and are we panicking too much maybe? Yeah. I mean, <coughs> uh, unfortunately we had a killer in the big ragu and I will coin the new nickname, the big glue sniffer. Who's McCoy. that? Oh, interesting. Why, why? Oh, from that movie or that TV show. It was a glue sniffer. What TV show? I just think I'll pull it up. It's a lot of glue to be honest. Mm. He just looks like a bum, and he I fucking killed us. And killed us. Kills me. Yep. And yeah, I completely agree. I don't understand. Like, yeah, obviously Jordan Poole is making a lot of mistakes, offensively and defensively, and that comes back to Beeline calling a timeout. We don't have the guy to get the bucket. There's all these different factors, but yeah, how do you let that guy beat us? Twenty-seven points. Yeah, twenty-seven points. It's yeah, he's seven, it was seven yeah, pointers. It's it's killer. Yeah, it, it's like I. I I'm still thinking about it. I'm onto it because of the draw and, you know, it's the tournament yeah. best week of the year, but yeah, it's tough. It was, it was tough. Cause as you said, it was a <laughs> slow motion car crash. Yeah. I mean the, the biggest, the biggest takeaway for me after the whole weekend is first, I think we can play with anybody. We have the ability to kick it into third, fourth gear and blow people out. Like we showed against Minnesota and Iowa. Um, Michigan was 28 and three against not Michigan state. Like if, if Duke, and we'll get to it, but if Duke holds serve, like Michigan's got a ninety-something percent record against the rest of the country, um, I'll take that those chances, right? Like I, I don't know what it is. I don't know how Beeline couldn't adjust. It doesn't even feel like this Michigan State roster is that good. I think Izzo himself said it. He's like, we don't have a bunch of NBA guys. We don't have a bunch of guys that you know are are really athletic or really great, but we just have a togetherness and. For some reason, Michigan did it extremely well against everybody else and really couldn't figure it out against Michigan State. Um, with that, let's let's dive into the bracket. Let's let's talk about Michigan State's region, but we'll start up in the upper left. If you're following along, um, we're starting in the east region, working our way down to the west, then over to the south and to the Midwest. We hope that this is helpful and informational. The three of us are junkies and we watch a lot of college basketball. So we're going to do a deep dive when we get there on Michigan's pod, but we are definitely going to give you some insight and some help and some banter on some of the other teams. So let's start with Duke. Um, they are playing the winner of a playing game that I don't know if Duke loses to that playing game. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, they'll play the winner of VCU and UCF. Um, does it, it feels Nikki like, Duke's pretty much going to cakewalk. I mean, we know UCF has former Michigan guy Aubrey Dawkins. They have a, a pretty good point guard in B.J. Taylor, and they have the best name in college basketball, Taco Fall. 
who's all of seven foot six. Um, any shot UCF or I don't can't imagine VCU beats Duke or Duke pretty much a shoe in at this one for the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, no, I mean you might as well just pass go into the Sweet Sixteen. Right, like, that's kind of what I think too. They're going to be so much more athletic than these teams. Yeah. Like Aubrey Dawkins is he's been playing well for them. Been though. playing really well, yeah. and I think that UCF will win their first game, but. The most athletic player on the floor for for UCF, I would say, isn't Aubrey. Yeah, it's Aubrey, Aubrey, and it doesn't come close to To Mr. Zion. To Mr. Zion, or I would even say RJ Barrett, or maybe even like Cam (laughs) Cam Reddish. Like, and that, yeah, that's basically what it'll come down to is watching Taco try and stop Zion, which could be could be pretty fun. It could cause like a seismic earthquake. You never know. Sean, kind of kind of interesting given that Marcus Bolden is out for Duke. Um, you know, Taco's a guy that will draw a lot of fouls just based on size. Do you have any hesitation moving Duke into the Sweet 16 or, or nothing? God, no. God, no. And I – and I Good. Despite the fact that it's an 8-9 matchup on the bottom of the pod, which is, which is what we're calling yeah. VCU versus UCF, <clears throat> I, um, I see no – I am fairly confident that UCF is going to get this. Uh, primarily because of the fact that VCU's leading scorer in their point guard, Marcus Evans, or I think it's Marcus, yeah, Marcus Evans is going to be likely out for the game. And VCU can't really score um, kind of with or without him. So uh, free play for the fans listening, hammer under uh, VCU UCF, and you see UCF um, advance. I'm also incredibly excited to see the uh, highlight reels of Zion posterizing the seven foot six taco fall. Yeah, that'll be pretty good. I, I think there could definitely be uh, be some some highlights there. So the three of us have Duke moving on. Um, the five twelve four thirteen pod: Mississippi State, Liberty, Virginia Tech, and St. Louis. Um, a lot of people get really excited for. The 5-12 upset, I don't know whether it's going to happen. Um, I looked at Mississippi State's roster and stats before we did this, and I don't recognize a single player. So good job, Ben Howland, for creating an extremely anonymous SEC team that somehow got a five seed. Um, I think Virginia Tech's really good. They've played Duke earlier in the year. Uh, their point guard, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, is definitely one of the best in the country. Um, I think for them, pretty smooth sailing. Um, I don't know whether Liberty is going to beat Mississippi State, but to me, it doesn't really matter. It feels like uh, Virginia Tech shouldn't have an issue getting through. Sean, what say you? I uh, I think that on, on the top of the pod, Mississippi State versus Liberty. I think Mississippi State takes that game. Um, you know, it's a, it's a high major team versus I think the worst twelve seed. Uh, Interesting in in the tournament. Um, Virginia Tech St. Louis is a little bit more interesting. St. Louis is a mid-major team with high major athletes. Uh, I, the, you, they pass the eye test. Um, so I'm going to say Virginia Tech wins, but for the fans at home who want to uh, put a little extra skin in the game, uh, take St. Louis to with the points. Okay. But Sweet 16, is Duke going to play Virginia Tech, Mississippi State, or Liberty? Who do you, who do you see them playing? Oh, we're going. Oh, we're going. Oh, I forgot. We're going to. No, so Mississippi State versus Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. Okay, that's what I'm doing, I, Sean. I, I just want to know. You can you can give me all the analysis, but I'm, we're trying to get to 16. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Virginia Tech in the Sweet 16 losing to Duke. Oh, we're not. We're we're gonna get there. We're we're gonna re regroup next week. So hang. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I'm just figuring it out. I'm figuring it out. So am I. Uh, Nikki, anything to add that Sean didn't hit on? Anything? No. I mean, yeah, I'm just gonna be saying the same things basically with that. Like Virginia Tech ACC team, I think kind of cruises in their pod. Um, yeah. And gets the you know gets to play a rematch with Duke. Yeah. But this time with Zion. Yeah, and so. that'll be that'll be awesome too if that happens because that game will be in DC. Um, I don't know exactly where Blacksburg is in comparison to DC, but you know Virginia borders DC, so it can't be too far. That could be a really pro Virginia Tech crowd if that happens, and could be really interesting. Um, moving on down to probably my favorite pod of the entire tournament, uh, Maryland. Uh, either the winner of Belmont and Temple tonight, which I'll get to because one of those teams has uh, has caught my eye. Uh, LSU, whose coach is currently involved in a major um, FBI scandal with paying his players, and Yale, who is definitely the smartest team 
in the country. Um, they have one NBA player whose name I can't pronounce. Um, we're, Nick and I are watching True TV right now, and, and my sweetheart Dylan Windler for Belmont just popped up on the screen. Um, Belmont plays Temple tonight, and I think if Belmont wins that game, um, I think they'll beat Maryland. The three of us have watched Maryland play twice this year. Um, Belmont's kind of a super perimeter-oriented team. Windler's 6'8", but he's a guard, so he's kind of going to run around, shoot, shoot some threes, and just kind of cause havoc. Maryland goes too big, so I don't really see them uh, causing much trouble. Um, I think LSU, from a mental standpoint, is finished. Um, they look pretty terrible. We watched them play Florida, and their heads were just not in it. Um, people, A lot of people are saying Yale could win that game, to be honest. Have absolutely no idea. Um, but like I said, if Belmont gets through, I think they'll beat the winner of LSU and Yale anyway. So my first and potentially only, I have to keep doing this double-digit seed in the Sweet 16. I'm going to go with the Belmont Bruins uh, out of Nashville, Tennessee. Nikki, agree, disagree? Am I crazy? It's it's pretty much five white kids that run around and shoot threes. Is that is that an insane recipe for winning in two NCAA <laughs> tournament games? Yeah, I don't I don't know much <laughs> about Belmont, but I, I'll ride it with you. I think this is an interesting uh, – Interesting pod here for upsets. Um, we had I had UCF, but that's a nine eight matchup, really a toss up. Um, I'll take Belmont too as long as they win tonight. If if they lose in I the next Maryland. couple hours, then Maryland's through. I agree. Um, and Maryland would also be playing in uh, in DC. DC. Could be really really interesting. Exactly. Yeah. And then I'm kind of yeah. I kind of like the. I saw a, twi- a tweet of. It was like LSU fans interacting with Yale fans, like could be the funniest thing of the whole tournament. Yeah, it's, it's Coach um, Coach O and uh, and fucking Rhodes Scholars. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. what you got going on. So I'll take Yale in the upset as well. I nice. think LSU's reeling. Um, no coach. Uh, yeah. So why this not? is your this is your. I think Yale won a few years ago too in the tournament. Yeah, right? they did. They did. Yeah, so they have some experience. Yale uh, Yale won with uh, their point guard was Makai Mason, the transferred over to Baylor. Um, they'll play in the tournament too somewhere. Uh, Sean, are we nuts for picking a team that's never won an NCAA tournament game to not only win the play-in, the round of 64, and the round of 32? I think so because I think we're a little bit undervaluing uh, Bruno Fernando. This guy's going to be a, a first-round pick easily, if not a lottery pick. And he has gotten really good at at similar kind of taking one from Ethan Happ, uh, from kicking out from being in the post he gets so much attention there and he's actually tripled his assists from this year to last year i think that there's no way that they'll either belmont or temple i for the record think belmont's gonna win um i don't think belmont will be able to really handle a guy like that maryland also is one of the is the most talented team just from a recruiting standpoint in the big 10 um I mean, Mark Turgeon, we can say what you want, but I think he's going to get this team over a, you know, a Belmont squad. LSU, Yale, I think this is probably what most people peg as the most interesting uh, 14-3 matchup, yeah. uh, given what's going on with both squads. The only reason why I think that, you know, the reason why you make that argument for Yale is because of that player that's going to be going in the first or first or second round. He's like 6'7 with a 7-foot wingspan. That being said... Yale got out-rebounded by Harvard, still beat them, obviously. Um, I don't think you're going to be able to do the same thing against a team like LSU. Uh, So it'll be close, uh, but single elimination games get teams up, unlike conference tournaments at the end of the year. So I say LSU wins. So who's going through the Sweet 16 between LSU and Maryland? I think think Maryland's going to get it. Um, Will Wade being out is is not great. I mean, Will Wade's clearly a a dirty uh, recruiter, but tactically he's pretty strong. Um, I think that Bruno Fernando is going to end his college career with a bang and he's going to get this dub. I like that. Um, So from one Big Ten teams team to two more Big Ten teams, uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Oof, what a place to be if you're a Michigan or a Michigan State fan. Uh, the 7-10 in that pod is Louisville and Minnesota. As I mentioned, we saw Minnesota and that basketball team looks like they've had enough of Richard Patino and his bullshit. Uh, and the 215 game is Michigan State that I hope we never have to see again this season. And Bradley, um, Nick, Kind of a weird one. Um, I think if Michigan State were to draw a 7-10, this state, I'd say pretty good. Um, if Michigan State were to make the Sweet 16, like I think they're going to, they would get Maryland. That's a familiar opponent. So 
it doesn't seem everyone was bitching about how Michigan State it's such a hard draw, blah blah blah. But like the rest of that region to get to an Elite Eight game, I think is pretty much a cakewalk, despite a team that just from a health standpoint is broken, right? Yeah, I think it's all it's pretty evident that MSU got screwed in their their draw as a two seed. Sure, um, but yeah, I think it's definitely overlooked that they have a pretty easy. You know, easy recruit, easy, easy scouting on two Big Ten teams, possibly. Yep. Um, they kind of, yeah, they kind of have a big advantage in their in their pods. So, yeah, and I don't think any of those teams in the rest of in the bottom half of that region, you know, uh, even on their best day, shouldn't be good enough to beat Michigan State. I not, don't think not if they're playing the way they've been playing. Right? And yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's a little bizarre. I think Minnesota is going to lose against Louisville because they just so look so bad. Dead. Like, it, yeah, they just look yeah. so bad. Yeah. Um, and MSU is not going to have a problem with Bradley. But it is pretty interesting if Minnesota were to win, and same with Maryland winning their pod. Has there ever been a Sweet Sixteen or a second round game and then Sweet Sixteen game between conference opponents? Conference opponents back to back. I'm not sure. That would be a great nugget. We'll uh, we'll let the fans know. That's. Yeah, it's, it's almost bizarre. unfair. Like, well, it's just weird because, like, I, I don't understand the schedule. We'll get to Michigan's schedule in court, too. But I, I felt like the, the bracketeers were really lazy this year with their scheduling. Yeah. It's, in, ter- in terms of what, it's what they but yeah, I got Okay, so I have MSU moving on from that pod. Okay. I think they're a really good team. That's We'll, we'll keep going. Yeah. I won't give away my picks. Okay. But. Sean, I don't want you to waste your breath on a, a team in a school I know you don't like. But do you see any reason Michigan State doesn't make the Sweet 16 out of here? The, the only reason why is I think Louisville is actually scary good. Um, Louisville has guys who can stretch the floor and can shoot threes. Their best player, Jacob Nora or whatever Nora, um, I think was going to give people matchup nightmares. Yeah. Guy's averaging 17 points per game, 37% from the three, um, and he's a, he's a big body. We all know how big bodies who stretch the floor can – absolutely tear through NCAA opponents. So Louisville's going to crush Minnesota. Michigan State's going to win, obviously. Um, I'm really debating if I put Louisville in my final bracket against Michigan State. I think they've expelled so much energy playing Michigan. Um, and, and Cassius, as we saw, looks a little broken. And Cassius clearly has our number, right? I mean, I hate to say it, we're a Michigan homer pod, but they're big brother right now. They're big brother this season, and he was able to you know, use that secret sauce to win. I don't know if they have that much left in the tank. Um, so I'm going to say I'm going to say Louisville. Fuck it. I'm, I'm going to say they beat Michigan State in an upset. Good for you, I love that you're thinking with your heart and not with your brain. That's a really responsible way of doing it. <laughs> hey, we'll see what happens. I think Louisville's pretty shitty. Interesting. They've won four games since January. Yeah, since Sean. the end of January. And they were ranked. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you fall to a seven seed. Yeah. I don't know. I All right. We'll see. That's, I think you're not respecting you're not respecting Michigan uh, State enough. Michigan State enough. I think, I think, I think they're Nick's really right. good. I think Nick's right. Yeah, they're pretty good, but I also got to spice it up a little. Fair enough. Yeah, let's, this uh, would be too boring. Let's let's exactly. move, let's move on to Salt Lake. Um, Gonzaga is playing the winner. Gonzaga is playing Prairie View A and M that just won tonight. Um, you know, t- in stunning fashion. In stu- no, they came back. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, not Prairie yeah, View. Fairly, fairly Dickinson. Dickinson. The Nick and I, excuse me, that's a that's a total readout typo. Uh, Fairly Dickinson, the Nick and I learned is eleven miles from our apartment in Manhattan. So if you're a Fairly Dickinson alum and you're somehow listening to this, it stumbled your way across Picking New it Jersey. Up on the Thank you for uh, for listening. Um, I watch Fairly Dickinson play. They have no size. Ah, they have one decent big guy, but I think Brandon Clark will just eat him up inside. Um, the eight nine in this region is interesting. Syracuse and Baylor. Um, Jim Beheim coaches a team every year that is good enough to make it off the bubble barely or make the final four. And it's kind of bizarre because you don't really know what you're going to get until they start playing. Um, Ty's battle as Michigan fans know committed to Michigan. He kind of is the engine that keeps them running. Um, on the opposite side, Baylor's point guard, Makai Mason is also really good. Um, not to be chalky, but I don't see Gonzaga having any issue here. Um, the last time they played in Salt Lake, Northwestern gave them all they could handle um, and probably should have won that game um, in Northwestern's greatest tournament run ever, which lasted uh, 12 minutes. Their but, only uh, tournament run ever. I, well, yeah. Sorry. Thanks, Sorry. For, thanks for taking the joke. Uh, 
Nikki, any reason Gonzaga would struggle here? I mean, I don't see it, but that Syracuse zone could be dicey potentially or, or no? Yeah, I'll do it. I was looking at my bracket. I'll oh, bite. yeah? I'll bite. I was looking at my bracket. There's too many, too many too chalk. chalk, too much chalk. Too much chalk. Yeah, it's all chalk. So Dickie V over here, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to say that weird Syracuse zone yeah. gives you know huge fits to Gonzaga trying wow. to get it to their big men. Yeah. And yeah, I think Syracuse just somehow pulls it out. It's going to be like a 50 three to 55 game or something wow. like that, where it's just a slow That's grinding a match. And oh. yeah, I'll take the upset. Oh. Syracuse sneaks in as an eight seed into the sweet 16 as they have before. Right. Yeah. We all the time. Yeah. They exactly. made the final four that one year. They had, they were a 10 seed. They had no yeah, business doing exactly. that. Exactly. It just, yeah, I think it's a weird look to, uh, to see, even if you practice it for, for sure. a week, it almost could get in your own head instead of just going out two days later and playing against it. Agreed. Sean, are you going with your heart or your head here in this, re- this little pod? I'm going. I I only vote for with my head, my man. I, I got I got watch, watch and learn, man. Louisville's going to have the upset, but okay. Going back to this, Gonzaga is going to win fairly uh, fairly easily. Um, pun intended there. Uh, Syracuse versus Baylor. What's interesting here is both of these teams play zone. Uh, I'm I'm going to say the Jim Beheim led team with Tyus Battle is going to squeak it out. Um, Gonzaga versus Syracuse. If Gonzaga was to, as far as a one seed goes, they have the hardest, by far the hardest road to the Final Four. And more specifically, when you look at these matchups, it's going to be really difficult. Gonzaga does not like to play slow. Um, Syracuse plays fairly slow. Um, And I think it's going to be close grinder. Gonzaga will win the game. But um, just a teaser for the fans out there, uh, they're going to get met with a buzzsaw in a couple rounds, and it's not going to be Michigan. Ooh, ooh. ooh, okay. I'm excited to hear who that buzzsaw is. So Sean and I are going with Gonzaga at the top of the West, and Nikki is picking uh, Jim Beheim murderer zone to murder Gonzaga out. Oh, one other thing, one other thing. Um, just because I, I want to show the listeners I did my research, and Nick, to back you up. Gonzaga played Washington, and it went down to the wire for a Rui Hamachuria last-second jumper at the free-throw line to send Gonzaga to beat Washington. You're Japanese. Uh, we're going we're gonna to fix this. It's Rui Hachimura. You have Japanese heritage. You've got to get his name right if you're going to say his name. Rui Hachimura. No, I don't even think that was right, but go ahead. Whatever, whatever, whatever. The point is, the point is, you know who is Washington's coach or who is Washington's coach? Hopkins, who is a former Syracuse assistant. Exactly. So, you know, they don't like the zone very much. And I uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see an upset. I'll take the money line. Or I'll take the spread, though. I'll take the points. Okay. Good. That's fair. Um, let's move on down to Hartford. Um, another really, really fascinating uh, little pod here. You've got Marquette that is one of the best point guards in the country in Marcus Howard. Uh, the two... Uh, brothers who haven't seen the sun since 1999, uh, Sam and uh, Joey Hauser. Um, they have decent size inside. Um, and playing Murray State that has the best point guard in the country in John Morant and a bunch of dudes that I've never heard of before. Um, below them, you got Florida State, who quietly has had really an excellent season. Most of their losses down the stretch have come to uh, Duke UNC in Virginia. Um, playing against a Vermont team that is kind of hard to tell, um, has a great gaudy record. They seem to make the tournament pretty much every year, but their schedule is really weak. Um, I think any one of these four teams legitimately has a case to make it through. Um, I'm going to pick Florida State because I don't think that the winner of Marquette and Murray State, which to me at this point honestly is a toss-up, is good enough to beat Florida State. Um, I think Marquette likes to play a little bit of dainty basketball. They like to run around the perimeter and shoot a lot of threes. And I think Florida State's defense is, defense is outrageous. Um, Florida State's recruiting tactic is just find as many seven-footers as you can and put them on a basketball uniform and see how it sticks. And they made the Elite Eight last year and lost to Michigan, as I'm sure the two of you remember. Um, I just think that their physicality is going to be able to overpower either team. Um, I think that the John Morant thing is weird, Sean. I'll, I'll kind of start with you about this, but Nick and I have watched Murray State play a couple times, and it really looks like John Morant and a bunch of dudes that look like they should be playing at Murray State. Um, 
is the hype deserved for this team, or is it everybody's just slobbering all over John Morant that hasn't really watched Murray State play? Yeah, I mean, I think that the other aspect of the hype is the fact that Mar- or that Marquette is on a is on a slide. They've really looked bad the last what four weeks or so, sure. uh, and as a result, I think John Morant's getting a lot more. Uh, respect or Murray State itself is getting more respect than they des- they deserve. John Morant's obviously an amazing player and is really good at getting past that first line of defense. Um, but the benefit of playing for a team like Murray State is you're not going up against athletic, long guys who use verticality and are able to you know prevent finishes at the rim. So I think that John Morant's actually going to have a little bit of an issue with some of those longer defenders that Marquette has. Uh, it's going to be a great game. Um, Marcus, is it Marcus Howard? Is that his name? His name, yep. He's, he has a hand issue, and you know I think he's hobbling. I don't think that Murray State pulls off the upset. I think Marquette wins this game and then bows out in the next round to Florida State, um, who honestly I think is one of the hottest teams in the country. Uh, I'm, I know I'm going to spoil it a little bit, but I think that they're going to make a very deep run in the tournament. And they're going to avenge. Um, actually, I'm not going to say that yet. But they're they're really good. Yeah, I think Nikki, go ahead. Yeah, um, <coughs> I'm excited to watch this game. Like as you guys are saying, it's yeah, it, it should be really fun to watch Marcus Howard and Morant. Um, but yeah, I think Mar- Marquette's just going to end up somehow seeing this game through. They've definitely been struggling, but I think the talent kind of gap after their two best players might actually decide it instead of the two best players deciding the game. I think they'll probably have pretty similar stat lines, but it could be a couple role players and those extra few inches and extra few pounds and few extra games playing, um, playing in the big East uh, could, could help Marquette. So I'll take them. And then, yeah, I think it goes chalk from there. Florida state um, is going to win their game pretty easily. And then I think kind of Marquette won't have much left after a, a hard hitting game with, with Murray State, so I think Florida State kind of moves on pretty easily in Hartford. Nice. I think Florida State is going to crush some opponents there. Josh, you know the guy. Can you pronounce that guy who's coming off the bench right now, but is their leading scorer, who's just yeah, lethal like, from three? Yeah, Mifondu Cabangale. Sean, I'm your yeah. pronunciation. Dude, real linguistics major or something, man. That is impressive. I like names, but go ahead. No, I'm just saying I think that that's going to be the kind of guy who um, who you can look to ride uh, in a tournament, a guy who's 6'10", who can who can shoot the lights out of the ball. I like that. Um, so the three of us have Florida State going through. Um, moving on down to the third pod in the West, we have Buffalo, the winner of Arizona State and St. John's, uh, Texas Tech, and Northern Kentucky. Um, I guess we'll start with Buffalo. Buffalo kind of hopped onto the scene. They beat Syracuse. Did they beat Syracuse? I think they beat Syracuse and West Virginia early. Um, they actually lost to Marquette earlier in the year when Marquette was rolling, but they've pretty much been a top 25 mainstay all season. They're really good. Uh, they're two leading players and scorers. Their point guard, CJ Massenberg, who's a stud if you haven't seen him. And then they bring a guy named Nick Perkins off the bench, who's about 6'7", who I think is a Michigan kid, you told me? Yeah, he's like from about 20 minutes outside Ann Arbor, I so, want to say, in Milan. So we got we got some Michigan guys all over the country. Um, I think both Arizona State and St. John's are busted. Uh, Arizona State played in maybe one of the worst leagues in the entire country, even though it was a power league. Uh, St. John's Started off super hot. They're not very good. They're erratic. Um, Texas Tech is a really fascinating team because they have one of the best players in the country in Jared Culver. Um, They ultimately eat out Michigan by like a fraction of a percentage for the best defense in the country, and that's kind of their their bread and butter. Um, They've gone back and forth down the stretch. They lost in the Big 12 tournament. I don't remember who they lost to, but they lost pretty early. Um, Northern Kentucky has a big white dude named McDonald that hit the game winner uh, to send them to the final that I was watching. Um, that's really all I know about them, but they're a 14 seed for a reason. Uh, I'm going to pick a little Bulls magic. Uh, I think Buffalo, as a six seed, is uh, going to make it through. <coughs> I don't know what it is to me about the six seeds in this tournament, but I, I'm kind of falling in love with them, as, as you'll hear as we keep going through. So uh, my pick is Buffalo uh, to make it to the Sweet 16 here. Nikki, what do you think? 
Yeah, I'm going to sound like a broken record here. Um, I think Buffalo is a really, really good team. They have a lot of seniors. I want to say five or six that all play regular minutes. Um, And I think it's one of those mid-major teams that just does it on heart, kind of like last time's playing together. Let's keep this thing going. Um, And and they can score the basketball. And they can score, exactly. And they're they're physical. I think they can wear teams down. Yeah. and, yeah, I think they advance uh, in their opening round game. And then I think they get by Texas Tech, who, yeah, as you were saying, is is a good team. Um, I think they're off too, too offensively deficient. It'll be a really yeah. interesting contrast of styles in that game. Yeah, so I think that'll be a really grinded-out game. Um, but, yeah, ultimately I think Buffalo could, could advance and, uh, yeah. Could, could be cause, a problem for yeah, somebody down the stretch. Could cause some problems. So, yeah, uh, I'll go with that. Sean – Tell me something different or are you telling us the same thing? So, I know I'm going to say something different. I think just to put it out there, ASU and St. John's are two of the worst uh, teams to make the tournament. Um, yeah, they are. They, they both are just full of boneheaded decisions. I'm not going to call out players or coaches, um, but specifically St. John's should be a better team given who they have as their coach and the recruiting prowess that they should be able to carry and the where they are within the, uh, within the country. Um, neither of them are going to really give Buffalo anything to, to worry about. That being said, Texas tech and Northern Kentucky could be interesting. Um, we all know how good these bigs who can shoot can be and how, you know, three points really matters a lot more than two points, especially in the tournament. Uh, that's how upsets happen. Um, I don't, I think that Kentucky is going to cover, they're not going to beat Texas tech. Um, but I, I think Texas Tech's going to end up beating Buffalo, and they're going to come out um, in the Sweet 16. All right. Nice. Um, and then the moment that you've all been waiting for, if you follow Champions of the West regularly, you'll know we're a Michigan podcast and we're homers, and this is what we do. So now in the bottom of the West is Michigan's mini pod. Um, you've got Nevada and Florida, uh, two teams that have both, for the most part, completely underperformed this year. Uh, Nevada has a stacked roster of mostly fifth-year seniors. Um, they have the Martin Twins that I'm going to call the Martini. I can't believe that no one's come up with that yet, but that's going to be my little thing. It's like a nuclei or things like – or fungi. We're going to go with Martini. For that's a good Martin one. Twins. Um, yeah, I don't know how no one said it, but it's mine. So you're gonna, if I was a Nevada fan, I would copyright it and have the two of their heads with a little Martini glass. But anyway – um, both teams really underperformed. Um, Nevada's seed is really so low. I think in large part due to the fact that they lost to New Mexico at New Mexico by 27 points. New Mexico, I think, finished with a worse record than Penn State. So that's an awful loss. Um, and then, of course, Michigan. Uh, we are playing Montana again. The Grizzlies out of the Big Sky Conference. Um, I think they got small. worse, though. Nah, I don't know. It's weird. Same time slot. So they're same time slot, same everything. I mean, the other interesting thing is Michigan, Gonzaga, and Florida State were all some of the top seeds in the West last year. So the bracketing committee did a really great job with a lot of diversity and variety. No, not at all. Um, I am a little bit worried about Nevada because, as I mentioned, the Martini, those brothers, Jordan Caroline, who was injured, is a really good player. Most of the guys they start kind of are between 6'5 and 6'7. Um, I could see Florida beating them, but I also could see Nevada giving Michigan a really tough game. Uh, Nick, you, you see Michigan going through? Rolling. I mean, we are, we, are, we are a homer podcast here, but we don't rolling. see much trouble. No, not at all. I don't even think we'll start. I think we started out losing 10 nothing To Montana. To Montana yep. last year? Yeah. Nothing like that this year. No. I think we hopefully um, have a little edge to us after losing half of our games to one team, yeah. and we're practicing hard right now. Um, I think we roll on Thursday. Um, and <laughs> as much as I do like Nevada and the Martini, I, mean, I think like I think Florida's gonna gonna win the game. I think I've heard a lot of that too. I honestly don't know. I yeah, I think this is another really good matchup, kind of similar to that five twelve Marquette. Yeah. Um, Murray State game. Um, so I'll take Florida in that one, um, which I think sets up better for Michigan. I totally agree. Um, because I think that they're – I think Florida scores a lot with their guards, and that's kind of where we can shut down teams yeah. besides Michigan State apparently. Yeah. Um, that is all big wings. That's exactly. So I think that it's a better matchup for Michigan. It'll end up, you know, kind of stars aligning again in the first pod. 
and we cruise in two games for sure. So we move on uh, to Anaheim. I like that, Sean. T- tell me, tell me whether you think Nikki is crazy or, or I'm crazy or or what's going to happen here. I think Nevada is a, is more talented. I think that they kind of coasted uh, almost like throughout the year, and you know it's really hard no. to turn it on and turn it off. Um, that being said, I think that these guys are are are. I mean, they are very experienced. What is it? All fifth fifth year seniors on that are the starting five. Yeah. Um, I think they're gonna they're gonna beat Florida, uh, and they kind of do present a, a weird matchup for us because of their size. Uh, but it seems to me like they rely so much on one on one plays, and that's something what we're really good at, at stopping. So Michigan in the Sweet Sixteen over Nevada. Yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> I think it could be one of those games where you see Simpson, and, and I think you could potentially see. Livers and Iggy and Charles playing a lot together if it were to be Nevada, just because, as I mentioned, they just roll out a bunch of six, seven dudes. Um, I think Livers just was so good over uh, the Big Ten tournament weekend, and we've kind of been talking about this and clamoring for it, but he needs to play anywhere between 20 and 30 minutes a game. Um, I, I don't know enough about Florida, um, but I think they had 15 losses this year, and you know, a, a team that has that many losses doesn't exactly strike fear into me so the three of us as expected picking michigan to go through um let's move to the south we've got virginia a number one seed yet again they're playing a 16 seed blah 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 whatever gardner webb is not going to beat them um they get the winner of ole miss and oklahoma uh ole miss has got some really nice guards um i've watched them play a couple games and uh, they can definitely score with people but they are wildly erratic same with oklahoma started off really hot and have kind of tapered down the stretch uh oklahoma has a big man though named jamani mcneese who's got one of the best names in college basketball also if you haven't noticed by now we are a big uh name podcast um i think virginia is going to be both of these teams by whoever they play by at least 15 or 20 points um, their defense is just outrageous this year. Um, and if DeAndre Hunter's healthy, they still have that potent three-headed monster with Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome. And I, I can't see anybody getting by them in the first two rounds. Sean? I, I completely agree. I think that uh, Virginia is coming in as, I mean, 1A, 1B with Duke as far as national teams go. Uh, moving down, Ole Miss, Oklahoma. Oklahoma has just been on a losing skid. I think Ole Miss's coach is incredibly strong. Um, so I'm going to go with, uh, with Ole Miss there. Oh, all right. But, but you're picking Virginia to go all the way all through right. to the yes. Sweet Six. Yeah. And I'm not, not concerned about Virginia against Ole Miss. All no, right. I think, I think they move on to, I'll, I'll, I've watched a combined one game between, uh, Oklahoma and Ole Miss. And I think Ole Miss won that game against Tennessee. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. I think so too. And I, I, <laughs> I might have lost a few units on that, so I'm going. I'll go on Ole Miss. They mu- they must be good if they if they beat Tennessee. They I don't know who Oklahoma beat, but I'll take them for one game and then watch them lose by twenty to Virginia. Yeah, yeah, that that seems pretty pretty clear cut to me too. Um, in the South, the next pod in the South played in San Jose. Um, interesting. You got Wisconsin. Who Your boys didn't. Kind of our boys. Nick and I have watched a lot of Wisconsin. Your boys, not my boys. Nick and I have. Nick's Nick's an honorary. Their boys, too. Um, Oregon, I hadn't really seen play too much. Um, Bull Bull was the guy that was supposed to be the star for them. He got hurt after about 10 games and kind of shut it down. They won the Pac-12 tournament, but the Pac-12 was such an atrocity this year that I don't think you can take much stock in that. Um, you've got Kansas State, who's one of the best defensive teams in the country. Their best player is Dean Wade, and Bruce Weber came out today and said that he was doubtful for the tournament. Um, I think that takes a huge hit from them. They were okay without him. They're really, really good with him. You um, see, Irvine is 30-4. and four. I am not going to pretend like I know anything about UC Irvine because I don't. Um, Nick and I are laughing because we picked Belmont and their 6'11 center has missed three layups in a row so far. So interesting. We'll see how it goes. Belmont's up five early. Um, but I am going to go with, with my boys, as, as Sean puts it. Um, I don't see anybody in this region who can stop Ethan Happ. Um, I don't think that Wisconsin is great. I don't even know if they're very good, but I think that they're the best team in this mini pod. Um, I they played Virginia earlier this year. 
on a neutral site in the Bahamas, and the game was close, but it wasn't that close. Um, I think if they were to play again, if it happens, I think um, Virginia would handle them. But I, I do see Wisconsin ultimately coming out of this pod, given the fact that it's half senior year and they have just enough shooters, I think, to make it to the Sweet 16. Same, same for me. I mean, I know nothing about Oregon, Kansas State, or UC Irvine. Oh, good. Um, besides Bull Bull getting hurt. So I'll take Wisconsin. I'll be a Big Ten guy. Um, let let Ethan Happ have his swan song, two 20-point, 12-rebound games, Classic. and then get shut down by UVA. So that will be exciting. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm predicting the Oregon defeat of Wisconsin. Primarily because the fact that um, that Oregon has a lot of athletic bigs, and we all know that Ethan Happ doesn't do great against athletic bigs. Obviously, he's one of the best players in the country, but if there's one kryptonite, it's that. And also the fact that Oregon has a lot of depth when it comes to their athletic really? bigs. Um, what did Sean say? He said that's his only kryptonite. I would say Ethan Happ has free throws? a throws. Yeah, sorry. Kryptonite. Sorry, when it comes to like matchups against players. Um, Biggest matchup is the free throw line. You can't guard him from there, but he can't make it. And and you know what? They're going to expose that because they have a lot of bigs. Um, okay. And it's it's going to be the hack of hap. And poor guy is going to end his career uh, with you know with losing it for his team because he can't make a free throw. Uh, on the other side of the pod, Kansas State UCI. If Kansas State's uh, player that you mentioned, who I whose name is escaping me, played. Wait. Um, Yep. I would have them winning. I'm a big fan of Bruce Weber. Um, I think UCI is going to win. 30 and 4 means something. They, they're they riding momentum, and I actually have UCI going to the Sweet 16. Wow. Well, Sean, I love that you're a, a, a record whore. Um, you're going to the records. You don't know much about UCI. They're uh, hot. Vine, but I they're hot. My parents went to school they're- there, so I'm going to throw in my homer aspect. Good. Good. At least we're becoming less professional by the second. I love the way that they're the Well, someone's listening like 45 minutes in. Props to them, and it could likely be my mom. So, Yeah, exactly. Shout out shout out to Sean's parents. Um, going further down, um, we've got Villanova, St. Mary's, Purdue, and Old Dominion. Uh, we've seen two of these teams. Um, we saw Michigan absolutely dismantle Villanova. We saw Michigan absolutely dismantle Purdue. Um, I think both those teams will win their first round game. And then I think Villanova is going to beat Purdue. Um, there's a shot that Purdue loses to Old Dominion, to be honest. We've watched that team play with Carson Edwards. And uh, the Russell Westbrook comparison was so good that I'm going to steal it, I think. Um, oftentimes, it just looks like he's trying to get the ball to Ryan Klein or shoot it. And he doesn't kind of know what else to do. Um, Villanova's got... Phil Booth, Eric Pascal, and, and Colin Gillespie. That, to me, is enough. I, I don't think – I think if you're a sixth seed and you see Purdue showing up, you got to be licking your lips. Um, Jay Wright is a master in the NCAA tournament, and I think this is no different. Um, Hartford's pretty close to Philly. I think they'll get a bunch of Villanova fans that will come down, especially for the round of 32 game against Purdue, and I have Villanova pulling the upset. I told you I like those three seeds and coming through in Hartford. Nikki? You gotta let me talk first in one of these pods so I can I can get my upsets in because yeah no, I have okay. Villanova getting through this pod. I think Purdue um, will win their first game against just a much uh, inferior opponent um, in terms of talent, but I think in that round of thirty two game we see the Purdue team that we've watched all year, yeah. which is as Sean beautifully described it. It's watching Russ, Russell Westbrook <coughs> without actually watching Russell Westbrook and a dude that can cramp from the free throw line. Um, You watch instead a dude take a bunch of threes and have his own team really angry at him um, because he ends up shooting eight for 27 or something like that. Um, So I think that happens and um, Villanova kind of rolls in that game. I think, you know, they are kind of, they are the equivalent. Jay Wright's the equivalent of beeline in March where he just can get his team no matter you know, him and Jim Beheim similarly, no matter the seed, like they're a scary team yeah. to, to play against. And I think that gets in the head of, of players. And I think Purdue ultimately <coughs> loses to what still are the reigning national champions and could go on a little bit of a run. 
I am all aboard your guys' picks. Completely agree. I I think that Nova actually could beat the brakes off of Purdue. Um, just the matchup yeah. works really well. Nova's going to switch everything one through five, and Purdue relies on on those ball screens to cause havoc. And I don't think it's going to. Yeah, I, I we're all we're all on board there. Um, we'll move down to the last pod in the South region. Um, Cincinnati, Iowa, Tennessee, and Colgate. Kind of interesting that this pod is being played in Columbus. If you remember a couple of years ago, Duke was the two seed and played seven-seeded South Carolina in South Carolina. And South Carolina just beat the shit out of them and was definitely not even close to a better team, but it was pretty much a home game. Um, as we mentioned, we watched Michigan play this Iowa team on Friday, and Iowa is completely broken. Uh, Fran McCaffrey completely ruined his team season by going at the ref. He seems to do that every March, which is awesome for you, Fran. Congrats on making the tournament like in the middle of February and then tanking down the stretch. I guess that's why you still have a job. Um, I, I, I don't know much about Colgate. Um, Tennessee was everyone's early trendy pick to kind of you know make the Final Four, maybe even win the national championship. Um, hard to say what's going to happen now. Um I want to say Tennessee here. It feels like the easy pick and the safe pick, but Cincinnati's got some dudes and and they're big enough and physical enough to to actually give Tennessee a really good game, especially considering it's only an hour and a half from uh, Cincinnati in Columbus. Um, But I'm going to go with Tennessee by a hair. I think that's going to be one of, if not the best round of 32 game. Um, Sean, you think any shot Cincinnati comes through out of here? Maybe because Iowa, despite the, I mean, someone said it well today. Iowa has a has a, res, a resume where you have to put them in the tournament, but if you watch them play, particularly towards the end of the season, you know they're they're terrible. Um, since he's going to win with that home crowd, uh, I don't think they're going to have any chance of getting of getting past Tennessee. Um, what is it, Major Schofield? Is that his first name? Well, Major Schofield, though we're gonna call yeah, him. Yeah, whatever, whatever. He was wronged in that uh, that game that poor Nikki lost and, uh, on Sunday. I don't think that uh, that Tennessee, led by those two big bruisers, is just gonna lose to a defensive minded Cincinnati team. You? Yeah. I'll, even though, uh, yeah, they did uh, they did hurt me pretty bad Sunday. Um, I'll take Tennessee to move on in this pod. I think they'll, they'll cruise past Colgate. Um, and as much as we're hating on Iowa, um, I really think they can play well at times and they have a really fun offense. Um, this is about the worst possible matchup for them though. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's why I think that Cincinnati will win. Yeah. Um, and, McCaffrey legend kind of continues. Um, you get, it's you get, almost like what I say: death taxes and painter losing. It's I mean you can slide McCaffrey in there. Are we gonna death get taxes a Mc, and painter losing in March? Are we gonna get a, McCaffrey. a McCaffrey technical? In this I game? really hope. I, think, I love I that guy because of how crazy he's he is. nuts. He's, he's coaching. I don't understand how anyone kids. besides his kid would want to play for him. Um, no, I think least of all his kid. He's watched his dad coach basketball for 20 years. Yeah, and then he won played for I, I can't believe that. I yeah. don't understand. Connor, Connor McCaffrey, you're a better man than we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. DM us if you need help transferring. Yeah, exactly. We know, we know a couple places. That's right. Um, but I think that uh, I think that Tennessee moves on. I think they'll win, uh, win this pod, but could run into a, a problem um, in the Sweet 16 matchup with Villanova. For sure. Um, now down to the Midwest, uh, another team that we've seen earlier this year, kind of not a completely finished product and whew, boy, are they a finished product now? Uh, UNC gets Iona in the first round. I don't know much about Iona except they like to run and, and Tim Clewis has done a really good job with that team. Uh, <coughs> the eight, nine matchup is kind of interesting because, um, Washington, you know, beat up on crap all year and so did Utah state. Um, both of their records are probably better than they actually are, which is why they're in the 8-9 game. Uh, Utah State has a white point guard who wears a headband named Sam Merrill. Um, I have absolutely no idea whether Washington is going to show up. Again, we watched them play Oregon, and they would have rather been in a million different places than in in that game. Um, I see UNC cruising through here. Um, I just think their offense is too good, and 
I think I don't see them winning the national championship. A lot of people kind of have that as like their sneaky trendy pick. I think their defense is gonna uh, self combust at some point. But any reason to think UNC won't kind of cruise through with with this pod to start? No, you said yeah. You said Iona likes to run. Well, so does UNC. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. They, they do it a lot better. A lot, lot better. So yeah, yeah I think UNC <laughs> routes. They, this could be the the hundred the hundred point one sixteen oh, game sure. where they win. You know, one hundred six to to 73 something like that yeah. where their guys have been playing the reserves have been playing the last 10 minutes of the game 100 um i think that that unc is an unbelievable team compared to when we saw them in december um so yeah i, I have them coming out washington I'll, I'll choose them just because there's all this hate on the pac-12 um oregon's not very good i think that washington will say hey we're, we're gonna win a game to show to show the world that the Pac-12 didn't lay down this year. We're going to win one game and then get absolutely destroyed by UNC. And Washington can't score. No, not at all. They so so that's that's my, I mean, chalk bracket. Pretty easy in, in this 8-9, yeah. 116. Sean? I'm really tempted to pick you. I mean, I have Utah State beating Washington. Washington's been on a, a massive skid and barely squeaked into the tournament despite being kind of the, um, the, the Pac-12 regular season winner. Uh, I I re- I think UNC is is really overvalued. Uh, Five thirty eight has UNC as like a like a thirty five percent or forty percent chance of making the uh, final four. Um, whereas like the better or the betting markets and and our, our us fans have, I think fifty eight percent of the brackets so far have UNC in the final four. So I think that there's a lot of value in in going against them. Uh, I'm not going to be the guy to 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 say Utah State's going to beat UNC because I know Josh is going to uh, push me on that, and I don't know how to defend myself really other than the fact that they have yet another guy who's seven, who's a center and can shoot 40% from the three. Um, I think it's going to be close. I think UNC wins but does not cover. Okay. I like that. Um, we'll go down one more. Uh, Auburn, New Mexico State, Kansas, and Northeastern. Um, Auburn and Kansas, really interesting. Two teams that started off the year, both kind of in the top 10, top 15, and absolutely rolling. Uh, Auburn kind of fell off. They still ended up with a five seed. Kansas, for reasons because the name on the front of their jersey says Kansas, ended up with a four seed. I don't think they're four seed good. Um, a lot of people saw this New Mexico State game over Auburn as the 5-12 upset. Um, I could definitely see that happening. Um, I, I think just based on the fact that um, Kansas is the best player in this little pod in Pedrick Lawson, um, I think Bill Self's kind of been there and done that before. Um, this feels like somewhere where Bruce Pearl is going to get outcoached. And even though I don't think Kansas is great, um, the fact is the Sweet 16 is in Kansas City. So if you want extra momentum to, to try to be really close to home, uh, that's definitely it. So I see Kansas making it through. Again, this is one of those, I don't think Kansas is that much better, but I just think the other teams in the pod are not good enough and haven't shown me enough that they deserve to make it through to the Sweet 16. Nick? Um, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take Kansas. Um, I think, yeah, you just like you said, it seems like Kansas is always playing in yep. their backyard yeah. in this first couple games. I mean, I don't know if they're – Four seed probably the highest they've been in a few years. Probably, yeah. Um, but they always seem to have the, the home court advantage. Um, so I think they, they move out of this this bracket as much as, as <coughs> Auburn looked, you know, like like real a really, really good team against Tennessee. Um, I will I will say that Kansas moves on. Auburn will beat New Mexico State. Um, and then Kansas will, I think, beat them. Uh, it could be a very close game, but I think ultimately they'll pull it out. And I'm just kind of going against Auburn here because they lost me some some cash on Sunday. So that's you know def- definitely a heart pick over a brain pick. Kansas, Kansas, and Auburn both advance. I have Auburn winning. Uh, I like the fact that they just came in and and kind of dominated a, a really really strong Tennessee team. Kansas, for the first time in what twelve or thirteen years, didn't win the Big Twelve regular season championship. And um, I think that that's, that's uh, something that they're obviously not used to, and I don't think they're actually going to bounce back that well from it. So despite the game being, again, in their hometown or home state and easy to 
easy to get to for them. Um, I have I have Auburn uh, winning because they're the better team on the basketball court. All right, uh, Sean, the, that Auburn game is is being played. Auburn and that whole pod's playing oh. Salt Lake, so definitely not. <laughs> Auburn, Wait, I thought but, you said their backyard. No, their the Kansas's backyard would have been in the Sweet Sixteen. Oh, yeah, Sweet I know 16. you're most. Oh, oh God. Okay, even uh, more of a reason for me to choose Auburn. Okay, fair enough. Um, we got two more pods left. Uh, so a couple weeks ago on the pod, I said a couple teams that I really liked to potentially make a run were Iowa State and Villanova. Lo and behold, they both ended up as six seeds. Lo and behold, I think they both got really favorable draws in that six seed uh, pod. Um, Iowa State starts with Ohio State. Um, I don't know, man. I, Ohio State is a classic. I, I'm happy that they made it kind of, but does the NCAA tournament need – this really mediocre version of Ohio State? No. I mean, they're really, really mediocre. Uh, Houston's kind of a weird one because um, they've played really well all year, but again, against not great competition. Um, they stumbled a bit down the stretch. Um, I don't think – did they win, did they win the, um, the American tournament? I think they did. I think they, I think they yeah, barely they beat, escaped. they beat UCF, right? Or- yeah, I think, I think so. Uh Georgia State has famous coach Ron Hunter, the dude that like busted his pretty much his ACL or his Achilles, and then was scootering around. And their next game, they managed to win the NCAA tournament game with his, kid, right? with his son, yeah. which was pretty awesome. Um, I don't know who's on their team this year, but I can't imagine they're going to beat Houston. Um, I love this Iowa State team, as I mentioned before. Um, they have um, they have fifth year senior Mariel Shayok. Uh, they have Michael Jacobson, who found a way out of Nebraska, which is pretty awesome. Uh, they have a guy, Tyrese Halliburton. And probably my favorite player on the team is 6'5", point guard. He looks like a goddamn truck. Um, Talon Horton Tucker, which is just an awesome name. Uh, I always think it's dudes with random name. Um, I think they figure it out. If Shayok is healthy, I just think they're good. They just went and won the Big 12 tournament. Um, they have a ton of momentum. That's that's my pick. Um that Houston's going to try to make a run as a three seed. They almost took it away from us last year, but I don't see it happening. Nikki? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll bite on the on the uh, Iowa State. You've been playing it for a while. I've been around enough to kind of watch a few watch a few clips of them. Um, I also I feel like personally will never pick Ohio State if they're above a six seed in the tournament to win an opening round game. I just don't think I have it in me. I want them to lose. Um, so I'm going to pick Iowa State for, for I guess, a couple of different reasons. I think they're a much better team, but also never picking Ohio State as an 11 seed to move on. Um, and then uh, I'll pick Houston just because, yeah, everyone's kind of been hot on them this year. You know, they could have snuck into a two seed if they kept if they kept winning. Um and then, yeah, I'll, I'll pick Iowa State just because, you know, conference winner, kind of going on a nice run. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll move him on to, uh, into Kansas City. Um, and then, Sean, anything? I don't know, there? man. I wish I knew more about Houston. I mean, they obviously had a great regular season, 31-3. and three. Uh, You know, they have a, a historic coach. But, you know, I'll, I'll bite on that Iowa State take you had, Josh. So, uh you know, if you were, you're really high on them, I, I trust you. You know, I'm willing to put my name next to yours on this podcast. So I'll ride with you to, uh, to Iowa State and to the Sweet 16. Ohio State, I think, is bad. I'm so, I'm, I'm so glad you guys are confident in me. Sean, uh, Sean always says put your money where your mouth is from a, from a gambling perspective. And uh, I can tell you I haven't I haven't done that. So would I, would I bet my house what about on Iowa State? No, but – enough out of the rest of that pod that uh that screams excitement so i think iowa state's a safe enough bet um finally down to jacksonville we've got wofford and seton hall which could be like first to 90 those teams love to just get up and down and shoot it we've got uh kentucky and albaline christian um i don't know a damn thing about albaline christian um but I do know that Wofford and Seton Hall could be an awesome matchup between Miles Powell and Fletcher McGee, uh, two of the most prolific scorers from the point guard position in the entire country. Um, I told Nikki before that I'm really, really high on Wofford. Um, 
Do I know if they can beat Kentucky? The only reason I'd say no is I just don't think they have the athletes. But in that game, I think you're just going to have a total contrast of styles between, again, like a Belmont, just a bunch of, of shooters who run around and try to go uh, and, and get a bucket in Kentucky where they throw it at the rim and they're just going to try to beat you on the boards. Um, I think Kentucky's too athletic and just has too much size to beat Wofford. Um, to be honest, if Wofford was playing Michigan, for example, as a seven seed, I'd probably shit my pants because that feels like a matchup that Wofford absolutely could win. Um, I just think Kentucky, if for some reason, I don't see Wofford sneaking by. So a little bit of chalk there too, but I have Kentucky uh, making the Sweet 16. Nikki? Yeah, I'll go I'll go chalk as well. Um, I think Kentucky's been playing well as of late. <laughs> Um, they, they have looked pretty good, uh, in the SEC. Um, and I think they move on easily, uh, in Jacksonville, um, to that round of 32 game against, I'll, I'll take Wofford as well. Don't know much about either of these teams. Watch Seton Hall play really well, um, in the Big East tournament. And Seton Hall beat Kentucky earlier this year at Madison Square Garden, which is kind of an interesting wrinkle. Interesting. Well, I don't think they see him again. Yeah, I don't either. Um, so... Uh, yeah, we can write about that one, but I don't think it'll happen. I think Wofford will end up playing, and it could be a really good game um, For sure. between between Wofford and Kentucky. Wofford beat North Carolina earlier in the year, correct? No, Wofford kept it close. Kept didn't, it close, didn't, didn't beat, beat them. them. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I think they're a decent team. They'll get one win and bow out to the better team um, in our last matchup of of the of opening of, of the opening, opening weekend. weekend. I'm yeah. going to go with, uh, with Seton Hall. Um Teams that are worst seed, major mid-major teams that are excuse me, Jesus. I'm taking Seton Hall. They're a Big East team. They're a third in the Big East. I think Wofford's going to wilt to the uh, to the pressure. They don't know what it's like to play against the big boys. Um, you know, they're getting moved up from JV to varsity, and I think they're going to have a a little bit of the yips. Kentucky beats Seton Hall. I think it's kind of a mostly chalk bracket this year for some reason. I think there's a, a, a like a big variance between the top the top eight teams um, and and the rest. So, you know, knowing knowing that I just said that, there's probably going to be all sorts of crazy upsets. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's just we always forget about all those upsets and we just take chalk. No, I'm I'm with you. Um, I mean, I picked. Um, three six seeds to make the sweet 16 and to be honest if if maryland isn't playing my beloved belmont i'm gonna go with all four six seeds to make the sweet 16 um i think you're right i think the top eight are super good and then there's kind of a lot of um blech below it um but we'll definitely come back <coughs> next week and dear listeners you can tell us how wrong our picks were um uh, we'd love to hear from you uh, follow us on Twitter. Sean is is doing an awesome job manning our Twitter account. Uh, we don't have any kind of special bracket picks or anything like that. Um, but if you've made it this far, if you've made it an hour and ten minutes listening to us ramble about nonsense, uh, dear listeners, thank you for Sean, for Nick, for Josh. You better stay up Thursday night, nine thirty p.m. Michigan, Montana. It's going to be a doozy. No, I probably won't. Go be. Blue. Stay up anyway. Survive Go blue. Go blue, and we'll see you next time. Peace.